Faith and Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz, and welcome back for the sixth Sunday of Easter for the week of May 26, 2019. And I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to get into this week's podcast. And I am excited to say here in the United States, happy Memorial Day weekend. This is one of the times during the year where we take some time to remember the fallen who have defended this country. And if you even have defended your country in abroad in some other form or fashion, thank you for the sacrifice that you do every day. And I think it's one of these things that we often overlook. We overlook the sacrifice that what people do, not just even in the military, but in our day-to-day lives. There's so many different people in our day-to-day lives who sacrifice time for us. And I feel that that is a higher calling. I feel that that is a calling that usually comes from the Lord being able to sacrifice in some small way, similar to how Christ sacrificed for us. But before we get into this week's podcast, I have to do my shameless plug for Working Preacher. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Between their Sermon Brainwaves podcast, their commentary, their discussions, being able to listen to and read from seminary professors and great theologians, it helps guide me, not being an ordained minister, to be able to bring you this podcast on a week-to-week basis. And so if you haven't checked out WorkingPreacher.org, I'd highly recommend it. The final thing before we get into this week's podcast, we have to look at last week's Twitter question of the week. And the Twitter question was, have you done enough listening and does your actions reflect that? And I would argue that that's a very difficult task. And I think it's something that I would say at times that I've definitely not done enough listening. And there's still plenty of times where I don't feel that I listen enough. I'm so consumed and with figuring out what I'm going to say next that I end up missing important tidbits of information that people are providing me about their lives, about their stories that I don't absorb enough. And I think it's one of these ideas, too, that, and I know it's something I've been thinking about lately myself, is it's sometimes even just how many times do I actually take time to read what people say? It's, I think it's also that part, too, that we don't spend enough time listening to others, and that can be in the listening with our ears or listening by reading what they're saying to us. And too often, I think, It's we don't take the time to be able to actually absorb what they're saying, absorb the information to be able to benefit not only them in that moment, but our own lives because we're trying to protect ourselves. And too often we get consumed with the self and not enough of listening to the other. And I think it's a task that many of us will work our lifelong journey working on. I think it's something that you never quite grow out of. It's the point of can you continue to grow with it. This week, I think there's a lot of really fun texts to get into, and I'm really excited about it. I'm excited to talk to you guys today about bees and how bees are relating to the scripture. And so 
we better get into it then if we're going to be able to do that. So the gospel text this week is from John chapter 14, verses 23 through 29. And before we even get into this, remember the last few weeks we've been working toward the end of John. So this is rewinding a little bit in Jesus's ministry, being able to reflect back on some of the different things that he said. This is also if your church has the upcoming Thursday is Ascension Sunday. And so it's this idea of also trying to maybe possibly tie that in if that's something that you would want to look into. So this text is Jesus kind of reminding his disciples that it's going to be okay. Me leaving is going to be okay. That if you love me, you'll keep my father's word. And that an advocate being the Holy Spirit has been sent to be able to help teach them as they move forward. And I think a very important verse to look at is verse 27 in this is peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give it to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid, which you can also translate as cowardly. Don't let them be a coward. And that continue to love the Father and continue to think about what that means and living in that. And it's something that I, as we go through these, I think this section 23 through 27 pulls an interesting chord when we look at it in comparison to the Acts reading. But we'll get into that. The alternative gospel this week is out of John chapter 5 verses 1 through 9 and this is the healing at the pools where the Jesus is walking through on the Sabbath notices a man who has been there for 38 years asks him if he wants to be made well he's never able to get to the pools when they're stirred so he can get well Jesus tells him to just stand up and walk and at once the man was made well and began to walk and then it states that it was on the Sabbath that he did this healing The first reading is from Acts chapter 16, verses 9 through 15. And if I was preaching this, if I was looking at this, I think there's some important verses that they miss. And that is 6 through 9, the first section. And this is where the Holy Spirit is working with Paul and Thomas. And they are told not to go a couple places. And then they go to Macedonia. And when they arrive there, they go to the river outside the city, which is typical for the Jewish community to be able to do that. And they find this woman named Lydia, who has been working with purple cloth. And if you listen to Sermon Brainwaves this last week, there's debate on whether or not that means she's a wealthy woman or not based on if she was the owner of the company or if she was just working the cloth for someone else, but that she's kind of leading this small congregation. And she then knows the Lord and then invites Paul to stay with them. And so it's this really neat story, and I think it kind of gets missed a little bit because it misses the first part of the story. It misses the deciphering and understanding of what the Holy Spirit is calling us to do. And that often, I think, is 
the important part for us to contemplate, to consider, that the Holy Spirit might be calling us and being able to decipher what that is that it's calling us to do. It doesn't necessarily mean going for every opportunity. And I think that's a key point that I would look at making sure is incorporated. The psalm this week is Psalm 67. And this has kind of some of that benediction type flavor to it and being able to praise God, but also in that same moment, realizing how blessed we are, that how much he has provided in food, how much he has provided in all these great things that he has just given to us to tend to. Again, a beautiful little psalm that I would look at definitely incorporating. The second reading is from Revelation chapter 21, verse 10, and then verse 22 through chapter 22, verse 5. And again, this continues that theme of understanding the holy city of Jerusalem and what that's going to look like. And for me, one of the things that kind of I picked up starting in chapter 22, verses 1, when they're seeing the water of life being bright like crystal running by the throne of God, and that how that influences the tree of life and their 12 kinds of fruit, which we would associate with the 12 tribes of Israel, and that the leaves were even used for healing of the nations. And that this new life that's being able to be brought in through the river of life and how much that brings this vibrance to this new city. So as I teased, I am going to talk about bees. And it's been a hot topic if you look at it the last few years that we've probably heard of colony collapse disorder for the western honeybee, which is the most typical bee that we look at when we're associating with this, so CCD being the short term for it. And we've heard about how much this would influence our lives. Honeybees being in the United States here a $15 billion industry providing food and being able to pollinate for food in our table, 35% of what is there, either directly or indirectly. And the good news in quotes is that the colonies they've noticed are recovering for the most part. And the big culprit that they were kind of targeting with these campaigns were neonicotinoids, which has a similar compound to nicotine that was being able to put in the plants to be able to help them grow, but it was seeming to distract or make the bees lose their homing device. So they weren't able to be able to get back to the nest, causing these hives to collapse. And one of the the concerns that they still have, they don't feel they're completely out of the woods yet. The other thing that they're running into is the varroa mite, which is a mite that attaches itself. It sucks nutrients out of the honeybee, but then also can cause deformities, especially to the wings, to make it hard to be able to be a bee. And 
all of these things then are being contributed that they're working on. And one of the things that I will, again, attach the links down below, that native pollinators, so native bees, wasps, insects that do pollination due to pesticides, loss of habitat, and climate change are also highly being affected. And if you remember a few weeks back when we were talking about figs and how there's a specific type of wasp that uses to pollinate figs, we can remember back to that process and how that's so specific that we need to be able to keep these around. And so it's this constant battle that we are working on, working on figuring out. But with all this foundation of us being able to understand bees, the where the rubber really meets the road to be able to understand these texts to me is to put yourself in the situation of being a bee, being one of these honeybees that we've done tons and tons of studies for. And so they have their larva in in the comb, and you get fed this royal jelly the first three days. And it's a very nutrient-dense food. And after three days, to decide if there's a couple that will be the new queen after the queen dies or before she dies to be able to take over for the queen. And it's really funny because there must be some major nutrients because of it develops ovaries because of that. It's being able to continue to grow and be able to be this leader bee. And the rest of the bees become workers. And the male bees, their only thing is to repopulate and are called drone bees. So really don't have too much of a purpose. So we're focusing on the women here. Imagine being not chosen to be a queen. And imagine being this worker bee and being told to go and collect pollen and bring it back. So where do you go? How do you know where to go? So maybe you go and you find some and bring it back and trust your homing device to be able to bring you back home. They have also found with honeybees that they do a waggle dance. So this dance that when they find pollen, that they're able to communicate to these other bees where to go and turn by turn directions, kind of like your GPS system. And I wonder as this young bee coming out of the hive, would I be arrogant and say, no, I can find my own? Or would I be a bee that questions is this really for my benefit is this really steering me to the direction that i need to go if i find a large multitude would i be able to communicate that to the hive to be able to go and find the nectar that they need for our next group of young to be able to provide for the queen would i be able to do that I think about this as we've had the discussion then over the last decade on what our world would look like without these bees and how there's a lot of places that are essentially saying humankind as we know it would be impossible. The amount of food that we would be able to produce would be minimal just based on the pollination that bees and wild insects are able to do and as 
there's so much research that still needs to be done on understanding who is pollinating what and how so. It's scary. In California, based off of all these honeybees coming in, the almond crop is almost purely dependent on these western honeybees coming in in shipments from professional beekeepers to be able to pollinate for almonds. And how they need to be able to have that homing device not be affected by neonicotinoids to be able to continue doing their job. I think about as being a bee, if I was a young bee, how scared I would be. I'm told to go and do this and how do I do this and I have no idea. There's no manual. I've been eating royal honey and then eating just the whatever nutrients to grow and then they say go and provide for the hive. And so I have to just go and figure it out. I have to learn what the waggle dance is to be able to communicate with other bees. I have to learn how to be able to know what's a large crop of pollen. I have to learn where to go all in a very short time because my lifespan isn't that long. I have to be able to learn to cut through the noise to be able to know exactly where to go. This does not sound like our text we have today. Paul sitting there with Thomas deciding and being able to cut through the noise to know where to go, where the Holy Spirit is actually telling them to go. And in Paul's reading, getting a vision to go there, but being able to know that that was the Holy Spirit telling them, go. The encouragement we get from Jesus saying, look, I have this advocate. It's embedded in you with the Holy Spirit. Get that peace that passes all understanding. Don't be a coward and move forward. Show that I love you. Show that love. You may say, I am not qualified, like coming out of the alternative gospel. I can't do this. I can't make it to the pool to get healed. Fine. Call upon me. I'll figure it out. I will heal you. You will move forward to where I am calling you to go. You are a blessed people. You are blessed I have provided and I did this on purpose. I have goals and aspirations as long as you listen, trust the Holy Spirit working in you because I made you for a job. Trust me. Isn't that what we're getting out of these texts? As we're still in this Easter season, remembering back to the miraculous thing of Jesus' resurrection, from the dead, and we have the ascension coming very quickly, but reminding us of how much he has overcome and how he's continued to provide for that. And as he foretold it, I love you that much. Why would I abandon you now? Because there's still work to be done. Just because my work here is done doesn't mean that your work here is done. And I've given you all the tools that you need to survive. Just as a bee trusts the instincts and the ability that it is given, so shall we go forth boldly, trusting that the Lord will provide, trusting that the Lord will heal where we need healing, trusting that he's going to give us this peace that we need, and trusting 
that we don't need to be afraid. We don't need to be a coward. We already have everything we need. We see bees every year being able to go through this process, trusting and even knowing that their death in a way is intimate as the temperature in the fall starts to drop. And yet they continue to go and serve to the best of their ability. I think there's a lot to be learned from that. A lot of learning and understanding how the Holy Spirit is working with us, being able to decipher that. Learning that what we may see as a disability is an ability and trusting that God's going to work through that. And finally, and most importantly, realizing that he has given us the tools that he needs us to work by. That he might continue to develop tools for us, but that we have what we need to survive. He's continued to bless us. How often we forget that. How often we don't take the time to appreciate that. How often we don't take the time to appreciate the Western honeybee. How often we don't take the time to appreciate those little things, not just in creatures, not just in nature, but also in people. We have to understand that they have the Holy Spirit within them also. And they weren't given a lesson plan of a blueprint on how we're supposed to do this either. And I would assume that a lot of those bees probably talk to other bees to figure out how to do everything that they're supposed to do. They probably observe by watching and observe other bees doing bee things to be able to know how to be a bee and being able to learn the waggle dance to be able to communicate with each other to know where their milk and honey lie at that point. We can't do this alone. We were never meant to do this alone. And that's why we have this advocate, the Holy Spirit. That's why we have other people who also have the Holy Spirit. And how we have to trust to move forward with what the God of our lives is telling us to do. To trust in the abilities that he's given us. To trust to move forward. This isn't always easy. We know this. But we also know it's the most fulfilling way of living life. So, the Twitter question this week will be, have you spent the time appreciating bees? Have you spent time appreciating bees? Seriously considering appreciating bees. As I was working through this, and I was always thinking about the impact that bees have on the nature and creation around us, I thought it was one of the most beautiful pictures of what I can imagine the Holy Spirit actually looking like from afar. How it's able to impact all these different plants and it's reliant on all these different plants working with other types of insects, pollinators to be able to do the work. Be a native bee or a domesticated western honeybee, they all are doing the mission of pollinating and what beauty that is to be able to know their calling and to be able to perfect it to the best of their ability. I want to thank honeybees this week and pollinators in general for making my life possible to survive. In a way, we definitely see in the psalm that we have been blessed in multiple ways to be able to have pollinators like this. It's amazing 
what these bees do, and it's amazing how often we overlook it. And yet, I feel like we do the same thing at times with the Holy Spirit, underestimating what the Holy Spirit can do, and that's why we need the reminder of the simple honeybee to be able to see that it can, too, make an impact. So, we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.